Welcome back to the Brilliant Perspectives podcast. I'm your host, Jalen Bowden, and we are so glad that you're joining us for today's episode. As always, if you've been enjoying this weekly content, you can find and explore so much more on BrilliantTV.com. Now today, we're learning how to see through the lens of the new, because we're new creations in Christ, dead to sin and fully alive to God, embracing the truth of who we are in Him and allowing that truth to completely transform our perspectives, our mindset, and our language. You know, a mentor of mine once said that we never graduate from the gospel, and it's worthwhile to meditate on these simple truths and let them settle in your heart. As you'll hear Graham say in today's episode, being a new creation means that God is only dealing with the new in your life. So let's dive in together as we learn what it means to live life as a new creation. We're in transition from the old to the new by only dealing with the new. And when you focus on the new man and you're learning, every situation then is about being renewed. So every situation, every circumstance, so here I am, I'm a new creation in Christ, all the old has passed away, everything's become new, so I'm learning, this is who I am in the present, but now I have a present and a future with God, and he knows what he's making me into. That means that every situation between me and my future, every single situation in that space is always about a predetermined plan of God to make me like Jesus. So every situation I step into, no matter what it is, is primarily about your new man. So the first thing we're doing is, we don't bring the situation to God first, we bring ourselves to God. Because the situation is about you getting an upgrade in terms of who Jesus is for you. So that every situation, therefore, is about identity. Every single situation and circumstance, every difficulty, every hardship, is primarily about one thing. You being made in the image of God. So we have to come to God relationally. What does this mean for you and I? What does this mean in terms of my identity? Because right now, in this situation, this is how we think. Thank goodness for that. Now I'm going to get an identity upgrade. So the situation is about getting an identity upgrade. That's the first thing we step into. Lord, who, am I beca- who is it you want to be for me now that you couldn't be any other time? What do I get to be in you in this situation? So there's an identity upgrade. And here's the thing. When you get the identity upgrade, you see the situation differently. If you don't get the identity upgrade, you'll default to who you were previously. And so what many people do in situations is they default to the old man rather than actually upgrading to the new one. So we we get anxious, we get panicked, we get fearful. Then we make decisions based upon where we've come from, not who we're becoming and where we're going into. 
One of my favorite experiments in, uh, in school was the one with uh, the magnet and the iron filings. Remember that one? Big white piece of paper, pour all these iron filings onto it, and then pass a magnet over it and see all of them like shh, come up to the magnet. I, I, I could do that exercise all day. It was fascinating to me. And that to me is like a great description of who we are in Christ. The thing I love about my life in the new man is this. All of heaven is attracted to Jesus in me. All of heaven is attracted to Jesus in me. What does that mean? It's like the iron filings in the magnet. It means that the blessing of God is attracted to me because of Jesus. It means the favor of God is attracted to me because of Jesus. The goodness of God is attracted to me. I'm a magnet for blessing and favor because Jesus is in me. All of heaven is attracted to Jesus. That makes you a magnet for favor, blessing, power. Christ is a magnet. All of heaven is riveted in attention in terms of who he is. So the Father put you into Christ so that you would be attractive to everything that he wants to do. It's almost like Jesus pulls everything out of heaven into your life. That's the way to see it. So we receive things, you know, because of who Jesus is, not who we are. So the Father's put us in this incredible, astonishing place. But the key part of it is you have to know that you know that you know that you know that the old you is dead. God doesn't want to talk about it. He doesn't want to deal with it. It's not going to be part of his conversation. Don't make it part of your prayer life because it's not necessary. It's dead. You're only a new person in Christ. So what does it mean for you to be totally brand new? A whole new creation. All the old things passed away. Everything has become new. So everything in your life from this moment is going to be new. That God is dealing only with the new in your life. We have been conditioned by religion to try and develop a relationship with God based upon our old nature needing to change. And us feeling guilty and feeling condemned on days or feeling separate from God on days because we're always apologizing, we're always repenting of something. So it's like you're repenting of something that God says is over. If you're going to repent, don't repent from something Repent towards something, right? So instead of repenting from sin, so if you get a situation where um, you defaulted to anxiety when you could have been in peace, you don't apologize to God for anxiety since all of anxiety is dead on the cross. 
If you want to repent, you can repent. Lord, I had an opportunity to be peaceful and I didn't take it. I apologize. So at least, if you're going to repent, at least repent towards something, not away from something. Do you understand what I mean? Because the, the focus of the Holy Spirit is on the new man. You had an opportunity in that situation to express the new life and you defaulted to the old. Well, you can't apologize about the old because it's already dead. So you can't repent from the old because God's killed it off. So he won't listen to that prayer because he's resolute in saying, no, you don't understand. We obliterated that. It doesn't exist. This is who you are. If you're going to repent, Repent because you could have been peaceful and you chose not to be. Repent towards your identity, not away from your old man. Yeah? Repent in line with where we're taking you. And we'll be faithful and just to forgive. You know, but... There is this place in the Father where he's saying that the love of God is so full where you're concerned. That when I look at you, I don't see anything wrong with you. I just see who you are. And so when you come to me, all of our conversations need to be about the new man. They don't need to be about the old. All the old fingers passed away in his perception. So there are consequences for God. And the consequences are is that I am resolutely disengaged from your old man. And I want nothing to do with him. That's why we killed him off. Now, I'm not going to talk to you about him. You don't have to pray about him. You don't have to bring him to me and ask me to change you because the answer is no. Because he's dead. And so I'm not dealing with something that I've already killed. That would be stupid. I'm not doing that. This is what we are doing, coming to alignment with us. This is what we're doing. I have made you, everything about you, I've made you as new. And I only want to talk to you about the new. Because I see things about you that I so long for you to come into. I see things about you that I want you to inherit. I've got big ideas for who you are. You have found favor in my eyes. You have favor in my sight because I put you into Jesus that you would know that favor. We're making all things new. What does that mean? It means that the Father is delighted about where you are right now and he's delighted about where he's going to take you next. He is delighted in what Jesus has accomplished Jesus on the cross hung there and then before he died, he said, it is finished. Did it, tetelestai, accomplished. That's the Greek word for it. I've done it. I've finally got everyone to a place where everyone can now be a new person. We killed off the old. The man of sin is dead. Now, we're teaching everyone how to be new. He that is dead is free. But what about Romans 7, I hear you say? You know, the good that I want to do, I can't. The bad that I don't want to do, I do. 
What's fascinating to me is, you know, Paul is writing on two levels here to, in, to the church in Rome. He's writing to people who are Jews. He's also writing to people who are Gentiles. He has these two groups that he's writing to. And so Romans 1 through 6 is writing to everyone. Then we have to deal with this whole issue of what about the law? And so Romans 7 verse 1, he says, Do you not know, brethren, for I am speaking to those who know the law. What he's doing is he's saying, okay, right now, Gentiles, go and get yourself a cup of coffee. Yeah? Yeah? Because I have to talk to the Jewish guys because they come from a different tradition. So the Jews were brought up under the law. The Gentiles just lived in gross darkness. Right? So they've got their own issues to deal with. But right now, let me just deal with a Jewish issue here. So I'm speaking to those who are under the law. This is one of the few times it doesn't suck to be a Gentile. It's like, out of, yay, coffee. Let's go to St. Arbuck's and get a coffee. Brilliant. So everything in that passage is really aimed at Jewish believers who are in two minds about, because that was what was happening in the early church, is, is people were trying to force new believers in Christ to come through the Mosaic law. And so at some point, Paul has to say something specific about that. But there's no confusion for us. You know, the, the good that I want to do, you know, I can't and so on. That's not, that's not a dilemma that we have. Because the Bible says that we can do all things in Christ. The Bible says that God works in us both to will and to do. That's the new man. So there is no dilemma in terms of, well, you know, I'm stuck here because of things I don't want to do. So it's like a kind of learned helplessness. (laughs) And an excuse for not changing. God works in us both to will and to do. We are God works, God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus. God put you in Jesus so he could work all those kinks out. So he could say to you, you don't have to work on that because it's dead. This is what we're doing here. We're teaching you how to think like Jesus. We're teaching you how to uh, envision things like he does. We're teaching you that the Father loves you just as he loves Jesus. So there is no struggle in Jesus. There is a simple sinking in to the goodness of God. A simple resting and sinking in to the will of God. There's no struggle. There's no striving. Jesus shouted out at the feast in Matthew 11. He said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. In other words, learn this life as I am teaching it to you. Take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Hey friends, if you've been enjoying the podcast, be sure to leave a rating and a review to help us introduce brand new people to the brilliant community. As always, thanks for listening and we'll see you here next time.